Hello and welcome to the Hudson Mohawk Magazine, broadcasting from the Sanctuary for Independent Media in Troy, New York, on the unceded homelands of the Mohican people, known today as the Stockbridge Muncie community. I'm Kalen McPherson, and today on the Hudson Mohawk Magazine, we bring you a comedy holiday special. We begin with Twan Wood on vibing with the audience. Later on, Aaron Harks on how comedy and podcasting works together. Later on, Cody Montaigne tells us the difference between sketch comedy and stand-up comedy. After that, Juan Pantaleon tells us about comedy, the comedy scene in Troy, New York. But finally, Brad Monkell tells us about his love of comedy. Moving right along to the first segment. There are many opportunities to visit an open mics and stand-up comedy performances around the Capital Region. What makes a funny a set funny? I guess that's that's a matter of taste and delivery. But we wanted to hear more about standing up on a stage. Is like for Tuan Wood, he joined Kalen and Cena Bazilla Hickey three months ago. Opportunities to visit open mics and stand-up comedy performances around the Capital Region. What makes a sun? F- uh, blah, blah, blah. Sorry, let me start that over again. <laughs> what makes a set funny? I guess that's a matter of taste and delivery. But we want to hear more about what standing up on a stage is like for a comedian. Tuan Wood, he, he, and he is he, joining us now. Welcome. How you doing? I guess we got to work on that delivery. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. What a ride that was. <laughs> All right, so um, what makes you a comedian? comedian? What drew you to this work? What drew me to being a comedian? I, like, I, well, what is in it for you? What is in it? I get to be funny sometimes. And so, Do we get to decide that, or do you get to decide that? Well, people get to decide it, and then I get to go home and feel good for a little while. But then sometimes I'm not funny, so like, there's no promises on the funny Sometimes it just doesn't work, and then you just feel bad about yourself. But then you could just go the next day and figure it out again, so it's good. (laughs) Have you always um, done comedy, or did you have another job before you started doing comedy? Oh, no. Comedy's not a job. (laughs) (laughs) I've I've made hundreds of dollars this year. Um, Doing comedy. No, I was uh, was in a band, though. I was in a punk band. Uh, We were called the Early Grabs. It was a skate punk band. All of our songs were a minute long. And then one of the members went to rehab. So then we started a new band replacing one member, and that's uh, Moribund. And I think that one was pretty good. I listened (laughs) to them. I sang for the band. So I got to be funny with a mic then. That was kind of... I never touched a mic until the band and then... Started doing comedy, and then and then you had this just urge that feedback from to get the up crowd. on stage in front of a mic. Yeah, one time when we were playing uh, with the band, I said that I had to uh, poop on stage. I didn't say poop, uh, obviously, or else it wouldn't have gotten a laugh. But it got a huge response from the audience, and I think that's where it clicked. So poop is not a funny word. Poop is a funny word, but I it was a little harsher. I was just on like mid in between songs. So then I said that and then the next song just hit and everybody laughed and went nuts. It was fun. So that was re- that was my first laugh. 
Uh, how would you describe your comedy style? What influences can you point to? To. Uh, well, I mean, I'm dry. I'm pretty dry. This is my voice. This is my real voice. I'm not doing anything to it. It's mm. very boring, but it, I think it helps with the jokes that I write. That because it's like I don't. Nobody knows what I'm thinking. Everybody thinks I'm high. I'm not. This is just what I sound like. I uh, I don't know. Like uh, if you look to like Stephen Wright or like a Todd Berry type, they just the kind of monotone guys that have like short jokes. Because if I do a joke that's over a minute long. I can feel them getting bored of my voice. So I have to separate topics and. So you're saying people of different vocal cadences, cadences, is that the right cadences? word? Cadences. Cadences uh, are able in a way to do different lengths and types. Like the voice dictates a certain um, range of what someone can do. Yeah, well, there's people that get up and they have like tons of energy and they can tell like a really long, like a 10 minute story and keep everybody's attention for the entirety of the story. But imagine listening to only my voice, just like this, for 10 minutes. I could do ASMR with it, <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's tough. So like I try to separate my jokes and keep them short, kind of just like force out a laugh at least once a minute, if not more, and then just move on to the next topic. How do you work with the audience? You were talking before about the audience kind of approving of whether you are funny or not. And some one crowd may agree that you are funny while another may totally f let you flop. What is that crowd interaction like? How do you read it? How do you recover when you're flopping? And how is that important? It's, it's important. So basically what, what I started doing when I was like nervous and new is I would, I would say my premise of my joke and then I would say, do you know about that? Do you know what that means? Do you understand that? Because sometimes they didn't. So that was a good gauge. So I have a, like a shortened version of doing that now where I'm just like, does that make sense? Or like, because not everybody has the same experiences as I do. So if I go up with some crazy punk story, they're not, they're not going to be down right away. So I got to gauge the crowd and literally ask them directly, do you know what I'm talking about? If not, I'll explain it's like, it's not quite crowd work, but I'm not a crowd work person, really. Isn't that a type of comedy in its own, like, that I feel like has been emerging is like dissecting, like, uh... Some sort of topic. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, it is, that is what it is. So, like, if I did a, if I did a show that was, like, very specific or, like, like I did a, I did a UFO festival, so I don't have to ask them if they know about paranormal things because i did like paranormal jokes so, like if i did a regular show and i was like do you guys know about bigfoot and wood knocks which is a thing that bigfoot hunters do they do wood knocks yeah so i had a joke about that and at the ufo festival i don't have to ask if they know what that means because they're all nerds and they all know what that means <laughs> <laughs> so what what type of crowd is your favorite what kind of your favorite feedback and your favorite crowd to do your material for well, that's a, so like it depends on the location. Like, um, there's like left leaning crowds and right leaning crowds, depending on what part of the country you're in. And they both really like me because they think that I'm, they both think that I'm theirs, which is crazy to me. <laughs> that, like, I don't know. I found like a perfect middle ground 
with my humor. So it, but it will hit different. So like I could have different jokes that hit with the left leaning crowd and different jokes that hit better with the right leaning crowd. But no matter what, I can get them with me. Which and is our good. crowds generally now separated by political lenience. Absolutely. Yeah. I've had, I've, I was doing, it was like in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania. And I just said the word president and a guy said, let's go Brandon. And then I was like, nah, I'm good. And then that was just it. Like that was, that ruined my set for like three minutes. I had to like try to piece it back together and get them to not hate me based on my reaction. You know? How do you do that? I just say something really messed up. <laughs> <laughs> try to offend everybody to get them to come back to me. All right. So when you're trying to come up with your material, where does your material come from? What is your inspiration? Are there particular kinds of topics or ways of writing that you think you get, you know? Well, I mean, I'll, I'll try to do like a story every now. I have like a couple of jokes that are like five minutes long. Those are just like long stories about things that happen to me. But then there's like, I don't know if I really base it on the news, but I kind of base my jokes based on the reaction of current topics. So it's not like I wouldn't do a joke that's flat out about like a thing that's happening to, but like people's reactions and people's complaints and like kind of just any kind of hypocrisy in the complaints. I That can get a laugh out of people is just like calling out the the complaints and so when you're like pushing these buttons and like as you say offending people what is your like how do you think about cancel culture is it something that you even think about is it something that uh you feel like might up your profile or something or that maybe um, <laughs> um or maybe something that like you don't want like what what is cancel culture for you well I mean, I don't think I'm in danger of being canceled at any time for my jokes, but I don't, I don't know. It's, uh, I, I'm, I'm 10 years away from even being considered to be canceled. It would be an honor. Oh, so you though. have to be a certain level to be canceled. Yeah. yeah well, you need to, I guess I don't even understand. What canceled yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, like guess, you could, yeah. you could be locally canceled and it's like, oh no, nothing happened. But if you get to a certain point and then someone pulls the rug out from under you, that could be devastating. And I don't know if you can really get totally canceled over a joke, but like you get canceled based on your actions yeah. leading up to the joke, maybe. But I I'm I'm pretty I'm not I'm not scared because I'm I'm not anybody yet. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> Why are there so many white people in comedy? Oh, yeah. I thought we weren't going to do this one. I don't know. Because everyone else is scared. Now, uh, I think it's just I think it's just based on the area that you live in. Because there's, like there's a really good mix of different like races and genders and whatever. Like, everything. Everybody can do comedy if they want to. And it's really hard at first. I think it's just, like, more white guys just want to say things about their penis. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm curious, like you mentioned being a punk, punk band and thriving off that energy from the crowd. Can you describe like what, what is it like to be behind a microphone on a stage in front of a crowd of people? 
Um, at first, it's really hot. Like when I started, I think I sweat, and I, I think I actually blacked out the first time I went up. I just I don't remember that five minutes at all. Um, but now, like something switches on when I when my name is set, like when my name is said and I'm brought up, it's like a different, just a different vibe from the the minute the second before I step onto the stage, and. I don't know, I'm in like show mode. I don't even really have to think about my set. It just kind of falls out over however many minutes I have. And does this like help you in other areas of your life? Has it helped you to perform better as a punk musician or talk in a different way to people? Uh, how have you seen it kind of spread into other areas of your life? Uh, I, I definitely feel more confident doing everything like just like talking to people, net, networking is a big part of it. So you just have to talk to strangers all the time. Uh, being in the punk band, it really affected it because uh, we don't do that anymore. But, I mean, it was a good time. We'll still play again someday, I'm sure. Um, any shows coming up? Where we, can we find more information? Uh, I have two shows in Brooklyn this week. I don't know where they are, so figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah, I think I have a show in like George in September. So figure you can find it. And if anybody wants to follow me, you can follow me. It's at Twanage. It's T-W-O-N-A-G-E on Venmo and Instagram. Thank you. <laughs> so what is, if someone was to define the type of comedy that you do, do you have like a, a little pitch? Like what? how would you define your your comedy work if if you ask somebody after a show they'd probably say oh god period 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 all right well i think we'll end it there it's been a pleasure to have you yeah thank you for coming on thanks for having me and that was tuan wood talking with cena bazilla hickey and me kaylin mcpherson about his experiences in uh standing up and telling jokes uh, how he comes up with his jokes and uh, how he he plays in a punk band and how that relates to being a stand-up comedian. To see where Twan Wood will be performing next, go to his Instagram, Twanage, T-W-O-N-A-G-E. Next up, you will meet Erin Harks. Harks celebrates the release of her new album, part of a monthly series, Women Aren't Funny at Universal Preservation Hall. She also hosts an event at Cafe Lena called Lena Go Round, where she showcased local artists. You will now hear her conversation with Brad Monkell. Comedy segment. Uh, now I'm going to turn it over to Brad. Brad, who'd you bring in this week? Hi, Kaylin. I'm so glad to be joined this week by uh, the... Not only very funny, like we usually have in here, but also very musically talented, Aaron Harks. Welcome to the show, Aaron. Thank you, Brad. Thank you all for having me. Um, and uh, it's it's great to talk to you and catch up a bit because, um, you know, you were the person who told me where to go when I first wanted to get involved in comedy. You told me where to look for the open mics, and I credit with you you with really helping me out at that time to put me in the right direction oh and um you're also just an inspiration of someone who's already killing it in music and has been killing it in comedy off of music which is a scary thing to be trying to do well that's very sweet of you to say thank you very much i'm happy that i could inspire um i like that we're both exhausted so yeah. i think that you're getting it <laughs> yeah. it's it's a lot and then radio on top of it it's
Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> um, but um, and like I said, it's, it's nice to have uh, inspiration and someone who's showing that it can be done. Um, before I, I mean, I want to talk about your podcast that you just started recently, uh, Mistress of None. Yes. But first, I just want to um, say that I'm also uh, very uh, happy for you that you just started your new songwriter showcase at Cafe Lena mm -hmm. on the last Wednesday of every month. And I'm very excited to hear your new album coming out, um, Uncle Ernie. Uncle Ernie, and, yep. Um, I was I was a big fan of your last album. Thank you. Zoloft and Probation. <laughs> so it's um, I'm excited to see the follow up. But I want to talk a little bit about Mistress of None because the t like the name of that podcast comes from the fact that you are pulled so many different ways because yeah. you do so many different things. So, uh, w you know, in your journey as an artist, how do you feel like you you think of that concept now because to me it's 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 frustrating to think of that like idea the master of none idea you want to think you can transcend it but like how do you feel about that as a concept well it was it was uh, one of the first people that i had thought about speaking to and i i still didn't have a concept for the podcast i just knew that i wanted to do one and um somebody goes god i feel like you do everything and i said yeah but i'm not good at any of it <laughs> You know, and then I laughed and I was I thought of the concept of, you know, master of none, which also made me laugh because why is the female component of master mistress? Like, you yeah. know, wow, thanks, um, English language. <laughs> uh, but that just also made me laugh because I can be tongue in cheek, obviously, like I have a comedy series that's called Women yeah. Aren't Funny. So clearly I'm able to poke fun at myself, which is where most of my humor is derived uh, but I, I just wanted to start a podcast for a long time just cause it's kind of the thing to do. Mm. And that title just occurred to me and I ran with it and I've been interviewing some of the most fascinating people in the capital region and beyond. And I'm just having a blast doing it. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad you are finally doing it cause it's overdue. It's like, you're already doing so much. And for most comedians, it's like they might as well have podcast also because i want to hear more about what's going on not not just you know yeah well digested, the process more conversationally too, I think, yeah know. i think it's important to talk about and um like somebody said to me they're like oh god isn't it hard to to talk and i'm like have you met me like i this is what i was born to do but i'm always watching what other people are doing people who have careers that i'm inspired by and um aspire to and that's what i see i see that they have a podcast. I see that they've got a YouTube special. I see that they've cut albums. And so I try to emulate that and do that for myself. And if I started, the good thing about having all of these pots going at the same time is that if one of them isn't nourishing me, I can just turn the burner off, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I'll have plenty of other things to do. Yeah. Um, well, one of the first things I noticed when I started to add comedy on top of music it was I got a lot of people who would say, you should do this and this with your bass or you should, <laughs> this would be real funny act for you to do. When you started doing comedy, what are, the, what are some of the worst ideas oh people gave you to include your music in your comedy? It's so hard to pick because they're all terrible. <laughs> Not a single person has ever gone, you should do this. And I've gone... That's a great idea. It's never happened. Not once. Comedians know not to tell one another things like that. If, if I'm having a conversation with another comedian friend of mine 
and one of us says something funny and the other one goes that 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 and then you're like yep hold on and we write it down that's different when somebody that knows nothing about it and that's usually who it is because the people that know know better yeah. somebody that knows nothing about it is like you know what you should i got a funny story for you and i'm like i'm gonna bet right now that it's the least funniest thing i've ever heard in my life i'm not gonna want to use any of it and like it just people they don't get it like what's funny to you or like what situations you've had at work i'm glad that you find that funny because there is a lot of you know healing and laughter but it's really it's not funny at all and i'm not going to talk about your day job on stage yeah you know yeah and i mean i feel like it's so hard to even like take someone else's idea and put it in your own voice let alone with a whole if, if you're going to add the concept of another of music or something i mean have you done music as part not. of your comedy good for you yeah i keep them very separate i mean when i do music when i do original shows i tend to talk in between and it you know people are like you're gonna do comedy tonight i'm like well i can't leave it at home so you know sometimes yeah. it's funny but i've never it's never occurred to me organically to write a song. There was only one song that ever popped into my head and it was just so timely that if I didn't do it that week, it, it wouldn't like have worked. And I was like, I'm not going to spend time writing something that's only going to be funny this week and never funny again. And um, so I, anything would feel really forced and it has to be really good to be yeah. done right. And I just, I'm doing them both you know, simultaneously, and that's fine. Yeah, well, good for you not forcing it. Because yeah. it's like, it's, there's so many people who, like, do the, the music thing halfway, and it's, you know, it's one thing if you're, um, you know, if you, like, if you want that to be your, your shtick, and you have, like, a whole act around it, but I, I like your writing, and I like that it's more that you just own that, because Maybe I'd like do a specific show where I'm hosting mm -hmm. with bass as like an element of like the music of the show or something. But just to like sit up there and play a bass line while I tell jokes, it just feels che cheesy. Or no, like... the only person I've ever seen pull off anything like that is Dimitri Martin. Yep, with the and he's yeah. a god. Like he did it, nobody else. You leave it alone. He he has done it to perfection. Just it's it's done. Same reason I don't do a bunch of one-liners. Because I'm go. not trying to there do what go. someone else already did. He's got unnecessary bells. Bells are off the table now. You're not yeah. allowed to do it. <laughs> well, I don't, that one I was thinking about. No, Brad, no. You asked me for my advice. <laughs> I'm telling you. Do you have any ideas for me as for bass playing with comedy? Do you... Yeah, leave the bass at home <laughs> and tell your jokes. Okay, good. Because I would hate to have to bring that to anywhere else. Yeah, it's already you, tough like, enough bringing it out. What are you doing, out. like Seinfeld now? Like, <laughs> I still need to learn that. Like, I've tried it you haven't then you're doing yourself a huge disservice okay good oh <laughs> uh, we'll see we'll no, see if i get separate. to it um all right well uh we, we gotta wrap up pretty soon a quick question um you you're you're definitely like on your last album it wasn't clean right oh god no because but i know there's certain like jokes on there that work really well clean the one with like uh the woman in the bathroom where she where uh she's she's like you shouldn't have your phone out in the oh, bathroom yeah. <laughs> because because there's like poop flying around there and they're like well, you probably shouldn't have your mouth open yeah you should like, probably so stop many, opening your mouth in here yes yeah, like some of the, those bits work really well clean do you have you had to work clean before and how do you do you feel like you 
like or good at like getting into that mindset? Um, I can work clean if I have to. There's some jokes that I hate to rely on the F word, but there are some jokes that just the punch hits different when you can use it. Only like I would say only once or twice I have a joke like that. Um, I can work clean. Um, my jokes aren't really like dirty. They're just I just tend to swear a lot. That's just how I talk. Uh, but I can leave that at home when necessary. But you know. Well, yeah, because of radio, we were talking about this before, yeah. so I just thought I'd ask I, about. Yeah, it a I know how bit. to be a grown up. I know how to. No, not. you're very professional. I I try. <laughs> <laughs> um, but thank you so much for joining us. Before we wrap up, quick, can you just uh, let everyone know, you know, what what your uh, website handle is and Instagram? Yeah, and Facebook? you can find me at AaronHarks.com or at Aaron Harks. It's H A R K E S. And uh, if you're not like you have to actively avoid me to not see what I'm doing because I'm all over the place. So, yep. And you're at Cafe Lena every last Wednesday of the month mm -hmm. for your songwriter showcase and your new album. Uncle Ernie is out on December 6th. Correct? Yes. Cool. Um, and uh, you also have the podcast, Mistress and Nun. So you're killing it. You're working so hard. So keep it up. Thank you for coming. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Thank you, Brad, for bringing in so many interesting comedians week after week. Really appreciate it. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for having us. Have, both have a great Thanksgiving. Thank you, too. Thank you. That was recorded right near Thanksgiving, so that album is already out. To learn more about Erin Hart Keys her sh and her show at Cafe Lena or Universal Preservation Hall, go to AaronHarks.com. Aaron, E-R-I-N-H-A-R-K-E-S.com. For those just tuning in, you're listening to the Hudson Mohawk Magazine on the Hudson Mohawk Radio Network on WOOC 105.3 FM Troy, WOGLP 92.7 FM Troy, WOSLP 98.9 FM Schenectady, and WOALP 106.9 FM Albany, and streaming online at mediasanctuary.org. This program comes from the Sanctuary for Independent Media in Troy, New York. If you like what you hear, you can support this program by telling friends, neighbors, strangers on the street. Find today's stories and more at mediasanctuary.org. Next up is Co Cody Montaigne, a stand-up comedian talking with Brad Monkel again about, about Cody and his friends coming together to create a sketch comedy group. Who inspired Cody to be a comedian and how Cody... Comedy has created a very interesting interactions with the audience. We turn to our weekly stand-up comedian highlight. So let's welcome back producer Brad Monkel. Hi, Brad. Hey, Kaylin. Thank you so much. Good to be here. Um, I'm so lucky to be joined today by uh, one of my favorite local comics, Cody Montaigne. It's Montaigne, right? I don't yeah, think we've Montaigne. ever talked Mon about this. Oh, really? But it's spelled <laughs> like Montaigne. Yeah, I get, people get it wrong a lot. Yeah. Appreciate that you feel lucky. That feels. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, yeah, no, I mean, it's great to have you. Oh, I've, that's, that's nice. I've uh, seen you, you know, open up for a lot of really killer acts around here, and you crush it every time. Oh, the jokes you. don't get old, you know. When I, <laughs> Even when I've heard him multiple times, yeah. and uh, you've been very busy, so it's all I've enjoyed watching it all. And now you've got uh, some new sketches out online, yeah, yeah, on Instagram and YouTube with a group called the Sketch Artists. Yeah, the Sketch Artists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, with uh, Dan Altano and Charlie Nadler. Yeah, and I didn't know 
that you did sketches prior to this or wrote about them or like how did have you has this been a thing you've been thinking about for a while i've always wanted to i've tried like i feel like a couple times with people but it's really hard to get schedules and then follow through like really the follow through um can be difficult and but finally with them they're like ser- super serious about it they have editing uh experience and software so it's not just on me um, yeah. And then Charlie actually invested in his own camera, so now we got two cameras, and so now it's makes shooting that much quicker. Um, but yeah, we've been working on them for like over a year, like since last May. We kind of started writing them out, filming because we're I'm in New York, Dan's in Connecticut, Charlie's in Massachusetts, so we have to get together, and they have like a wife and one of them has kids, so yeah, that makes it difficult. And they're also comics as well, so they're busy every weekend. I'm busy most weekends, so. Yeah, making it work can be difficult, but it's cool. It's been fun. Of course. When you say one of them has kids, I assume that's Dan Altano. Yeah. He's got a new special out called Stand Up Dad. Yeah, it just um, came out, I think, a couple of weeks ago. The yeah. 9-13, September 13th. Yeah, yeah. How did you, uh, how did you meet Dan? Like, and, and, and Charlie. Both of them I met the same way. It was uh, via COVID. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah, <laughs> you know Shafi Hussein. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, our friend in the city who's killing it. Amazing comic. Um but he he turned me on because uh, during COVID, everyone, there's nothing to do. So uh, Charlie has a Zoom mic where every week we would just flesh out uh, material so that way we could keep fresh when things got back to normal. Um, and so, yeah, that's how I met Charlie. That's how I met Dan. I met a bunch of comics, which has been cool, like some of them in Colorado. And, uh, yeah, and then from there, we just got, you know, they booked me on a couple shows, and then uh, we just got to be better friends. Cool. And, yeah. Um, as far as sketches go, do you have like a, like a main sketch influence? I mean, uh, is, is it, was it like a thing from a young age? No. Yeah, I've always found them fun. Like I feel like, and then just being able to act and like being able to write it. Like I, I don't know. I'm a control freak. So being able to start to finish, be able to edit it, write it. I mean, obviously with you know input and everything. Like we all bring our own sketches. And then from there, we'll, like, help each other punch it up. So, like, they all originate from one of us and then gets influenced by all of us. But, yeah, the acting and stuff's been fun and kind of playing around with that. Yeah, yeah. So is there, like, a a particular actor, though, that you've, like, when you saw them do sketches or comedic acting, you're like, oh, I'd love to be able to work it like that <laughs> yeah no i mean growing up like I, i've always liked stand-up but yeah like so much of uh key and peel's always been good whitest kid you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> they've had some wild ones um and then of course snl's always had yeah you know it's hit or miss nowadays but uh when they hit it's so good when i was little i i never like watched it on tv my brothers had the um, like the best of Chris Farley, oh and yeah, like best of Will Ferrell and yeah. like Eddie Murphy. That's like my my introduction to SNL, yeah. which I I love all that stuff. Um, or like Chappelle Show was a big yeah. part of my childhood. Like those are the sketch, yeah, no, things Chappelle's that I great. think. Of. And now yeah, like yeah. with uh, Shane Gillis and Matt, uh, not Matt McCusker, I forgot yeah, yeah, the well, other the, guy's name. They that is that's oh their no, podcast. that's it's, right, that's the podcast. It's, it's Gillian Keeves yeah, is the sketch. I can't show. believe I'm forgetting the other guy's name. Uh, but yeah, he's he's super. They're both great, and their sketches no, it are is, so good. Matt Mc- he, he acts in it. Oh, is it something McKeever? John I don't McKeever. Know. I don't John know. John McKeever. <laughs> it's John McKeever, and Matt McCusker is the one in his, their podcast. But he acts in quite a few of them because they're good friends. All right, we're yeah, bringing up too many group. names here. It's I like all, listeners don't remember those names. All Philly <laughs> people <laughs> remember too. Dan Altana. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just uh, <laughs> but yeah, that yeah, they have solid sketches. Yeah, they're so good. 
um, yeah, I, uh, I mean, it's cool to see you getting into that like atmosphere though, just because it's it's nice to see people kind of diversifying the type of work they do. Is yeah. there like any other branches of uh, entertainment that you're looking to like bring your stand up into? Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I, I I really like doing a ton of uh, you know I'd probably do like some kind of screenwriting, but I really like the short form of sketches. I feel yeah. like my tolerance for working on one thing is kind of thin, and so I like sketches are nice and done, and then I can get bored and go on to the next thing, kind of like yeah, stand up. Yeah. It's really easy to get bored of your jokes. So like working on a screenplay when I was younger that sounded cool, and now it just seems. It seems like you really gotta love the idea. I can't stare at one page for more than yeah, no, <laughs> like I know ten minutes friend. at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then it's just like that's so hit or miss too. I feel it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah, I feel you. That's what I liked about. I think that's what really drew me to stand up was it's one of the few that like again control freak. You instant get full feedback. control, instant feedback. Yeah, just like you get shows and then it's all based on what you're doing. You're not relying. I mean, you guess you're relying on get people booking you, but at a certain point, you know. As long as you're consistent, good, clean, treat people well, like you're usually gonna get booked yeah, on yeah, some yeah. level. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you would know. You are getting booked a lot around here. I've seen you a lot at the Comedy Works in yeah. Saratoga. So I wanted to ask you a little bit about, I, I guess, working a more major club like that, but also a place with so much like interesting crowds, touristy traffic. Oh, yeah. What, what, is there, like, you have, like, a stereotype of a Saratoga crowd, or is there something you've come to expect working up there? Uh, they're, they're very, uh, I would say, more affluent. Um, and so sometimes they can, they can be, I don't know, I feel like they're, they're less in tune to some of my darker stuff because of that. They're a little more, more like they'll aw, because <laughs> I like dark humor, and uh, if you can't relate necessarily, it can come off sad, which is kind of counterintuitive to writing jokes. Um, but for people who can relate, it usually does well. But it's been great, uh, great to come up. I've been working there for years, probably since I started. He was probably one of the first people who booked me, um, and uh, yeah, it's been good because they, I've done shows as small as six people there, which doing a six-person show really forces you to work and like it's bad at first and like I've bombed so many times there I remember the first time I got to feature I did like 20 minutes and uh uh I was so nervous but I didn't want to come off nervous <laughs> so I walked up on stage and I was like I'm just gonna be super confident they're not gonna get me <laughs> and then and then I walk up and I see a guy up in the the front row and he's like whispering or something I'm like what what are you saying what are you whispering he's like you look nervous <laughs> and I was like well I'm not and then I bombed for 20 minutes <laughs> in the last five minutes I just pictured myself being home in my bed just couldn't wait to be in the darkness <laughs> alone see it's like it's like uh, beating up the toughest guy in prison on the first oh, day you would have you would have had to destroy that guy to make yeah, it, to make it out of that hole <laughs> I thought maybe just putting him on the spot would scare him but no <laughs> he, he had that locked and loaded and I had nothing <laughs> Yeah. Are you, do you have anything to say, Caleb? Yeah, you come back and still do stand-up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's the that's the weird thing about stand-up. Like, you're like, I'm never going to do this again. And then you're like, yeah, I am. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the yeah. the addiction of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just too much fun. I mean, yeah. Do you, have you had any, like, sets that kind of went totally off the rails or had to be, like, cut short? Uh, Not cut short. I did have... Earlier this year, actually, I was at Mohegan Sun, 
uh, the comics Roadhouse, and uh, I upset a woman, and she went up on stage to try to take the mic from me, which that was a that was a unique experience. <laughs> I, I felt so emasculated because I'm like security, like, they weren't paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm just like, what am I gonna do? I'm not gonna fight her. Like, so I uh, and then she ended up getting escorted out like by security which was so funny and like when she was being walked off stage she almost like put her hand out like royalty it was like the way she was very drunk obviously yeah of course but just like yeah and it was a sunday night well i don't know about that (laughs) (laughs) yeah a sunday night well maybe then she shouldn't be they're at a casino so maybe vacation but uh yeah i really made her angry so her and her boyfriend or husband left i couldn't get i couldn't tell which they were and that was part of why she got mad did it help the energy in the room afterwards when you vanquished oh no at first it was very uncomfortable like you could be everyone was just like what is going on and then i was just i kind of just addressed it because that's what you have to do and that kind of broke the tension yeah. kind of made a joke about how i'm just gonna shadow box for the rest of my set <laughs> and you know just did the best i could with because i was hosting yeah, so yeah, I had yeah. to bring up the feature, and I'm like, did I just ruin the show? <laughs> I just got a woman escorted out 10 minutes in. <laughs> hey, you did it so they didn't have to. <laughs> yeah. And she was going to be a problem probably regardless. Yeah, right? no. And at first she was on my side. She was, like, heckling, but, like, she was like, yeah. But then it just turned yep. real quick. Yep. It gets to be too much fast. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, we're almost out of time here. I know you got a show coming up October 14th at Iron's Edge in Boston Spa. Yeah. I know the, the Albany scene well. It's a great scene down here. What's the scene like up that way? Uh, it's still pretty much the same people, you know. Oh, right. uh, yeah, yeah. It's not. But you can't go like further up and get more stuff. It's more so they got to come down to Albany, right? Like Boston Spa. Yeah. yeah. No, this is kind of like a one, what they would call like a one-nighter where people just kind of do like a pop-up comedy show every okay. few months. But it's mostly Albany people. Uh What's, what's, what is Iron's Edge, by the way? It's a restaurant. I oh, okay, I haven't been. I gotta go up there more. Yeah, I did a show there once. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know, like I said, uh, I'm enjoying the new sketches that you're doing with Sketch Artists Group. Thank you. And uh, you know, I didn't know that the full versions were on YouTube, so I'm gonna go yeah. check them out. And yeah. I'm sure I'll enjoy those more than the short versions. But thanks again for joining us. And where can we find more information about you? Uh, well, I, my website, CodyMontaigne.com, as well as just, you know, the regular social media outlets. Instagram is a big one, probably. <laughs> yeah. And again, it sounds, it's spelled like Montaigne, M-O-N- yeah. M-O-T-A-N-Y-E. Montaigne. Yeah. It sounds, it, Montaigne sounds cool, though. Oh, yeah. No, it, looks, it looks cool written that way, but it's, yeah. it doesn't, it's People not just same. butcher it. Yeah. yeah. I get Corey anyway, so it's like, Speaking with local comedian... Cody Montaigne and also I'd like to <laughs> also like to thank um, Brad for uh, with this interview but also helping us get these local comedians in here Brad Montaigne thank you Caitlin you're welcome to learn more about Cody Montaigne upcoming shows go to CodyMontaigne.com that is C-O-D-Y-M-O-N-T-A-N-Y-E dot com and finally up for our f- fourth segment Juan Pantaleon is a comedian, producer, and Twitch streamer who grew up in Troy. His upbringing was fueled for his comedy and was a way to make light of some difficult situations. He came into the studio with fellow comedian Brad Monkell, who helped to produce this interview. Last week, we began a series of comedy interviews with support uh, with the support of Brad Monkell. This week, Brad joins us. Hello, Brad. Good to be here. What's going on? Not much. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm excited to host 
uh, Jazz Sanctuary after this. We're excited to hear it. And then we also would like to welcome on comedian guest Juan Pantalone. Yeah. Joins us in the studio. Ooh, what's yeah. up, <laughs> you scared Cena with that. He is a locally based comedian, Twitch streamer. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, yes, I'm, welcome I'm to the studio. To We're one. so glad yeah. to have you here. It's so beautiful in here. I love your. Your quilt you got going on here? This is I'm um, speaking into the mic. We this are speaking into the mic. <laughs> yes, there we go. At red so, leather, yellow leather. I guess um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Your little bit of your background. Oh, uh, local dude. Local, straight from here, straight from the upstate Troy area, right from here where you guys are. Like you, you were like so humble. You're like, oh, this isn't that bad of a neighborhood. You don't know Troy. <laughs> <laughs> Troy is very bad. It's low. It's it's been bad. I said, for, I live on the block yeah, and I've never I, had any issues. I love how you said that. You said, on the block. <laughs> so we're on the block. Post it up. Post it hot. <laughs> so what part of Troy did you uh, uh, grow up in? I uh, I went for for my elementary school i went to school two which is in south troy yeah and for they've got a great principal right now Do shout they? out to uh principal clopot oh nice. Mm, nice yeah yeah she's great she's always coming to events and i've met her many and, times um, i got jumped there and had to switch schools uh yeah i know it got dark real fast <laughs> <laughs> but then i went to catholic school for like three years and, oh, uh, that's the dark part, right? That's the dark <laughs> part. That's where it all... <laughs> Father O'Fullahan uh, was not kind. He whipped me regularly. Uh, <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> so how how do your life experiences flow into your comedy practice, your material? Honestly, everything that I was just, was just talking about. I talk a lot about uh, my life experiences, like uh, growing up poor, growing up poor here in Troy. A lot of that influences it. But also that... And how is that material for comedy? How's that for cop sadness? <laughs> what? <laughs> we make fun of it. We laugh at it. We poke at it. I grew up poor in a in a Catholic school full of rich kids, so like I had to be funny and laugh. And before that, I went to a school in the ghetto, so like I had to be funny there because I was just the fat kid who, you know, if not, I was gonna get beat up. And I did get beat up and had to switch schools, like I just said. So you know. Apparently, I wasn't funny enough. That was early on in my Uncle Mike career. Uh, and you bomb, and you keep going, you know? And you just get funnier. And uh, yeah, but no, a lot of a lot of stuff driven from my life, from uh, just like negative experiences, trying to make a positive love. I think that's like what a lot of us do in comedy, right? We try to drive from, uh, from negative yeah. influences. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So what has the comedy scene been like for you? Since you're also from here... In, in Albany and Troy, uh, so when did you begin, and, and could you describe the scene? And then I'd love to hear from Brad after that. Absolutely, yeah. No, I started actually, uh, I was two years in when I came back. I lived in Florida, in Central Florida, for like five years out of my adult life. And for two of those years, I was already doing comedy down there in a, uh, in a redneck bar, middle of nowhere. Uh, and I decided I wanted to get some more experience, so I came back here to Troy. And when I was here, it was probably like, two months in before COVID hit. So like we just, I just got a taste of it. I just started to get to know people and then they were like, get inside and stay there. And uh, yeah, so it was a lot of rebuilding after a while. Yeah. Once things opened up, uh, people like myself, Brad, uh, other local producers uh, really came together, started open mics and, and, and just shows. 
we did a lot of backyard shows, a lot of back alley shows. Uh, it was definitely an experience, but it was good. We got to rebuild. Rebuild, and we are where we are now. And now we're on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> come back. So that's good, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I just started basically uh, before the pandemic. Like, my first time ever was literally the end of 2019 with last week's guest, Tuan Wood, as the host mm-hmm. of an open mic. Um, and I did terrible, and then I did it about a year after that. And I've been going strong for about two and a half years. So Brad's been killing best. I've been seeing roaster him gro- in the game. Best, you won't at anybody roaster. Probably not appropriate for the radio, but uh, <laughs> you know, he's killing it. He's gr- I great heard writer. you were a roaster too. I've, I'm uh, more of a uh, performer than a roaster myself. I like I like to do some crowd work uh, here and there, but. But you did a whole roast at the Madison Theater. Yeah. <laughs> I will attribute and give credit right now that I swear half of those jokes were written by Brad Mongel. Half, I swear to you, half. There was a, we had a big team. A lot of people contributed, but Brad just kept coming with him after hey, wow. I'm here. We're here to talk. Yeah, no, absolutely. Give this guy some. Oh, thank you. Hon. Yeah. <laughs> but it was great. It was a huge team. It wasn't just me. Uh, it was a brainchild of my friend. Shout out to Miti Purani. She's now in the city. Uh, shout out Miti. Follow her at Meets on Instagram. Uh, if you have the free will to do so. Uh, <laughs> suggestion, yeah. Uh, suggesting. Uh, but yeah, no, she it was her brainchild. Uh, she was hit me up. It was like September, what, like three years ago now? Yeah, it was, or two years ago. Two years ago, September. September two, 11th, it was, it was, yeah, we decided to do it on a controversial date, you know. It was, the, <laughs> and it's the roast of different political comedi- uh, political people. Yeah. Politicians. Uh, of Andrew Cuomo, actually. Oh, Cuomo. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uncle Touchy. Uh, we decided to. <laughs> Some uh, easy material there. Yeah, no, for sure, you know. Uh, I don't know if I can say this in the in the. <laughs> I'm gonna say it anyways. <laughs> in the uh, description for it, we said we're gonna give Uncle Touchy the verbal nipple twisting that he deserves. Uh, <laughs> right. All no right. There, say right? it again. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it, he was so relevant at the time, and he now was. he's not. It it's like you can't timing. do a Cuomo joke now. No, you can't. Me too. Was she was like, we got to do this now. She told me mm-hmm. she was like, we got to do this now. We got to get this out there. So I was like, let's do it in a month. She came to me in August. I was like, we can get this in a month. So we brought all the team together. Just pretty much anybody who wanted to do it in the local scene. And there was a bunch of people came together. My roommate, Greg Kreft. Um, people like, uh, like, like Megan Gilbert. Um, and, and a lot of other local comedians uh, you could see around the area. But they all came together. We took like a month to write. We put the whole thing together. Costumes, whatever we could. Slideshow to accompany the whole thing. And it all like went off without a hitch it couldn't have done better we did we raised 13 over 1300 dollars for the rain rape and incest national network uh all went to them and it was, it was honestly the best thing i'd ever probably been a part of production wise comedy wise and Grace why comedy. why was the best i got to i'd always taken uh pride in my ability to direct and I was given the opportunity to direct something big. Not only that, it was uh, the opportunity to work with other people. I had some challenges in the past working with ego, my, against my own ego while working on a team with other people. Oh, you're standing but, on stage all the yeah, time. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, so, but when put into a group setting, it kind of would work against myself. But this was an opportunity. I took lessons from the past, and I was like, let's put all that aside because there's something bigger. And, and we, I really came together. And some people I really wasn't even that cool with. 
and we all still came together for a bigger cause. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it was just great. It was it was awesome. When you mentioned in the beginning, I think both of you said like the first time you were on stage, you flunked. And I just want to like, what is that like when uh, um, when you have that moment of really doing badly? How do you get back up and like feel confident in the work that you're doing and know that you are a funny person? Go. <laughs> just get up and go and do it. You got to believe it. It's maybe, it's maybe some sort of little bit of insanity in there or you're a glutton for punishment or whatever, or just you just got to be that voice inside of you <laughs> yep. that tells you, I'm good. I know I'm good at this, so let's do it again. You do it again, you kill it. You go, I do it. <laughs> I How long it. does it take before you really have that feeling that like everyone else knows that you're good? Oh, man. Oh, well, it's you, they laugh or they don't. It's always a roll of the dice. Because... <laughs> It's uh, I think everybody has their own different experience yeah. levels with it. Like, I don't know, two years into comedy, I was definitely guessing a lot of my material. But five years in now, I'm able to read a crowd a lot better. But you will just, yeah. <laughs> you will just flip up a coin sometimes. And sometimes they don't want to be there. And sometimes <laughs> it's, the, it's the greatest night of their lives. So, it's oh, a, I have so yeah. many more questions, but uh, here, Kaylin. Uh, so as social media is growing... Um, how are you using all of these social media platforms? You know, we see that Juan is using Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Twitch. Uh, and I know Brad uses Instagram and Facebook and, and Jazz Sanctuary as a platform. So how does yeah. that affect um, your comedy and how has that changed the landscape of comedy? It's almost it, affecting my comedy itself. Affecting my comedy itself, um, not really subject-wise, but as for the landscape of comedy, it's changed everything. It's not enough to be funny anymore. You have to have a social media following. You have to have you have to be consistently putting out content to gain a following because there are TikTokers selling out comedy clubs that have never gotten a laugh in their life. <laughs> and they are, I will say this on the radio, a direct threat to our art. <laughs> All right? So do not go see a TikToker show unless you know for a fact they're funny. But they are getting and selling out clubs. So we as... Comics have to build our followings consistently on social media and push that. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. And build each other up. Yeah. Well, and also just do stuff like this on radio, which we appreciate the opportunity for. Because Absolutely. you got to get your chops. You're welcome. Well, and thank you, Brad. Absolutely. You've been, thank you as for, we mentioned, the engineer behind this. Thank you, Brad. Seriously, man. Yeah, thank Absolutely. you for, for getting all these interviews lined up. With uh, about mm, 30 seconds left to go. Uh, where can we find more information? And then do you have any shows coming up? I have a big show coming up produced by one Sir Travis Steely on September 22nd at the Arsenal City Tavern in Waterville, New York. Uh, other than that, I'm available on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitch. At my, my name is Juan Pantaleon. Sounds like pantalones, but I am Johnny Pants <laughs> with a Z. Johnny Pants with a Z. Add an underscore for other certain uh, uh, social medias. But yeah, that's where you'll find me. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you. Uh, And another shout-out for showcasing local comedians with support from Brad Monkell. Thank you, Brad. Yeah, thanks for for having me. me. Thanks to Juan Pantaleon for giving us an insight into the local comedy scene. You can find him on his social medias at Juan Pants with a Z or add an underscore depending on the platform. Finally, on this comedy special, we hear from Brad Monkell, who is the stand-up comedian himself. He helps produce these these uh, 
comedy uh, interviews and reaches out to the local comedians to get him on our show. We really thank him for all he does. He also spins records on Jazz Sanctuary on Tuesday nights. Confidence on stage, and now you're you're a stand-up comedian also. Well, if radio helped, that that definitely helped. That made me uh, realize, oh, yeah, you have to... Be afraid, like not afraid to look stupid, <laughs> and it's it's kind you know it's kind of nice. It kind of makes me less afraid of bombing musically. Like if I make a mistake on stage, but it's, it's more about how you recover and being like confident and just having fun with it. And mistakes are gonna happen, so it, it, they've all just kind of tied in together with making me more comfortable in front of people, which is you know the fun thing about performing because I'm an awkward guy and <laughs> I feel like I'm. Better at being a bassist than at being a person. <laughs> but comedy, you have the audience like giving you feedback right there. As a DJ, you have this protection of like the microphone. You're like, you know, unless somebody calls up or is like there, you don't know if somebody's reacting or looking at you. So, but how, how what's the link between the two of those for you? Um, I mean... It, you know, I took so much time off of doing live stuff on the air. Even when I had a show on WGXC, it was pre-recorded, which is a little weird. It's like it doesn't, there's a little bit of a disconnect. But since doing stand-up, there's definitely a, like a more natural feel to just talking to the microphone. But it is weird. It's hard for me. Like people say like, oh, I just picture, I picture the people I'm talking to sitting in their car or whatever. I'm not good at picturing that or like getting really comfortable just monologuing. But the other night, I felt a lot more comfortable than I used to be here. So I, I'm the progress is happening. It's just slow. I'm, you know, I'm, I I like to th- I like improvising, but I also try to be prepared and have things to fall back on and things to say. And then when you're doing stand up, it's like you should you have to be really prepared because I want it. I don't want to just ramble. I want to have I want it to punch. I want to have moments, you know. And that is also another thing that you know I try to bring back to music now that I've done that is like how can I make a if I'm planning a musical set how can I give it punchlines how can I make it as like uh, economical as comedians are with their sets yeah absolutely so you were here Tuesday but is it true that you've also been joining us weekly every Tuesday oh I'm so I've been talking with Susan the um the head of Jazz Sanctuary, and I'm going to come back next Tuesday. I'm going to be hanging around on Tuesdays for a while because I did really, it's good to be back. And, you know, usually I, I'll do some like open mic spots on Tuesdays, but why not one day a week get back into doing more radio? Cause I've, you know, I've been out of that since I left WGXC and, uh, you know, I do really enjoy it. I really like looking through the music collection here and finding out about the new releases. And, um, I, I'm also probably going to be starting to do some interviews for the station. So it's, it's, I'm, I'm glad I'm going to be back. Like I said, it's good to be back here, and I'm glad Susan is uh, doing the show again. So you started as a DJ, barely speaking and playing mostly music. And then at WGXC, you were doing a lot of interviewing. Can you, what was, mm-hmm. what was that breaking that kind of interaction with the musicians like? How, what did you take away from doing interviews? Just like the other stuff, it's like I had to get, I just had to force myself to get comfortable and not worry about mistakes. So like, you know, Jazz Sanctuary had to stop when the pandemic started. And then I quickly, after like, you know, a couple months, I was just, I was bored 
because all my gigs were canceled and I, I started looking for a new radio show because I just missed doing it and I wanted some more stuff to do. And, uh, and so I got that going and the first episode, again, it's pre pre-programmed. So I like line up all these songs and pro tools, which is a lot of work. And I send that show and I was like, that wasn't very fun. DJing a pre-recorded show and I have this time slot. So I just made myself just start bugging people on Instagram, bugging people on Facebook. And you would be surprised at the people who will get back to you. I, I was able, I've interviewed some of my favorite drummers and bassists and, um, it just takes, takes building and doing it over and over again. And, um, you know, like I said, not being afraid to mess up or look dumb or, or just try. Well, we're just about out of time, but with these interviews from WGXC, are you going to bring some of that content to WOOC? I mean, honestly, I'm just excited that I don't have to pre-record it anymore. It's going to be it just it, you know the vibe of being in the studio and and talking with these people and you know, um, I you know being in like having the support of the radio station and Susan and everything, I feel like it'll just be an even more comfortable environment for me to do it. And I'm, I, I, I love talking to artists. So it's, I'm really looking forward to it. I always enjoy a good interview. So Tuesdays, Jazz Sanctuary from 7 to 10 p.m. Where else can listeners learn more about the work that you're doing? Well, I host a comedy open mic every Wednesday at 518 Craft in Troy. Thanks to Brad Monkell for all he does to help produce these segments for our show. This was an excerpt from a longer interview. To hear the full interview, go to our website, mediasanctuary.org. And that's our show. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Hudson Mohawk Magazine. I'm Kalen McPherson. We want to thank all our volunteers who made today's episodes possible. Contributors to today's shows are Brad Monkell, Cena Bazil-Hickey, and Lavender. This program covers stories of social and environmental justice produced by the community for the community and, and is supported by independent donations. If you value independent media, consider a gift of a monthly donation as a sanctuary sustainer by going to mediasanctuary.org. We want to hear from you. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Media Sanctuary or send us an email to hmm at mediasanctuary.org or Hudson Mohawk Mag. Tune in weekdays at 7 a.m., 9 a.m., and 6 p.m. to hear local news or stream Sanctuary Radio at mediasanctuary.org. Full episodes and individual stories are available on demand at our website and on your favorite podcast platform. Until next time, we appreciate you listening. Happy holidays. We'll see you in the new year, and thank you for supporting Grassroots Radio. Until next time.